Greetings and welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and the insights of amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. My name is Lowell Applebaum. I'm the CEO of Vistacoba, a company that focuses on providing facilitation, provisioning, strategy, and governance to nonprofits and associations. And it is my absolute pleasure to have with me all the way from the West Coast, Anne Ornelas, DES. Throughout her career, Anne has held positions with a range of responsibilities, like the utility player in baseball. She's learned how important it is to adapt to changes, be flexible, learn new skills, and remain a master at building and maintaining relationships. She's covered several bases, including CME education, membership, diversity, and now operations, specifically working on technology project for CAS's digital transformation. She's been humbled by her leadership experiences as an ASAE Delft Scholar, class of 2012-14 shout out, and National Urban Fellows, American Leaders of Change in 2011, cherishing the relationships she's built with countless amazing leaders. In the last three years of COVID and cancer, she's learned not to take her physical and mental health for granted when it comes to a work-life balance. And we are absolutely ecstatic to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you. And I, I think you may actually be the first person we've had that has had the conversation sitting outside. Well, there's first time for everything. So I'm glad to be the, uh, the rule breaker. I like it. Well, we always start uh, these conversations with the same type of question, which is, of course, as a rock star, right, in our community, it's because you have strengths that you demonstrate through your leadership, through your work, through your impact. And so of the many strengths you have, what is one of your superpowers? Like, what's one of your strengths that helps has helped build your career or what you do? Um, I don't know that it's helped build my career, but I think it's something that has helped me find joy in my work. And, mm. um, and that is the superpower of enthusiasm. Um, I generally, you know, I get really excited about new projects. I am a starter. Yeah. Um, I like that. Once it gets to the, the mundane, boring stuff, then I kind of lose interest. Um, and there's a superhero who embodies some of that. Who is that? That would be... Iron Man, Tony Stark. Ooh, I went. I went and researched because I'm not a I'm not a comic book um, reader, but um, I went and looked up what what that said about him. And um, he's a talker. Talkers are charming and outgoing. They engage people in conversation while always being keeping them on task and moving forward toward a workable solution. The epitome of the talker is a superhero, um, Iron Man. Yeah. Um. So. For me, it's really, you know, I, I can be impulsive. I can, I can lose interest when things stop being fun. So yeah. I try to continue to make, find ways to, you know, bring joy to my work. I, it, there's no reason why we should be unhappy in what we're doing. The, uh, also, there's uh, an innovator is also something else that he is as well. Let's talk yeah. about enthusiasm for a moment. I mean, I love that, like, cultural quality. Uh, how do you I, you know, jobs can get mundane, right? And so do you have an approach for how you continually renew your enthusiasm as you think about like the jobs you've had or the, the paths you pursued? You know, I didn't realize it until probably this job that I'm in now, this, this position, um, because it's literally changed 
I feel like every six months <laughs> since I got hired, I was hired six months before the COVID pandemic started. Wow. Um, I was in an office. Now you can see I'm, uh, my office is in, on my patio right now. Um, and I think just continuing to have, sorry, okay. getting a call, <laughs> getting a call on my watch. Um, so I think with respect to the types of roles I've been in have been fairly similar, you know, membership roles, um, education program. But I think that for me, just throughout my career, trying to make sure that I'm learning more. Mm. Um, so, you know, and challenging myself. So for me, that's where the enthusiasm comes in. It's, I get excited about something new. I want to continue to learn new things, you know, fill my toolbox, my, my toolkit with, with, um, new skills and, and knowledge. Um, and I think for me, it doesn't always translate from, you know, formal education. I did get my master's degree, you know, whatever, 15 years ago, but, um, just in terms of the association world, you know, a lot of yeah. things you, you learn on the job, you learn a lot on the job. And I think people forget sometimes that, you know, you can branch out and you can take on, you know, smaller projects to help build that toolkit. So that's what I've done for the most part. Um, my current role is a complete departure from anything that I've ever done. So managing technology projects was nothing I thought I would ever do. <laughs> and here I'm now on my starting my third with um, our analytics project. So um, it's been nonstop. Yeah. How'd you decide? So something you've never done. What mm -hmm. was it about the potential of the position and the work you were going to do that made you think it would be something you'd be enthusiastic about or something that you would enjoy doing? I think it was just the, uh, the opportunity to sort of invent things and do that sort of uh, look at look at the processes and things that were currently happening in CAST and seeing what the potential was and where we could innovate and do something different. Um, and I think that's where, you know, when I was interviewing and, and we were talking about the position, um, it was seeing it from an entrepreneurial sort of standpoint of yeah. what I could do for the organization and where I could take it. So that was, I think, fun for me to think about, you know, oh, I get to start from kind of zero and build something and see what that looks like. Um, so that was fun. It's been fun. With it coming in and having such sort of like a new portfolio, was there a period of rapid learning that you needed in order you felt like to be able to do the position well? And like, how'd you go about charting out or designing what that would look like? Um, honestly, I think it was flying by the seat of my pants. Um, I we did, all do that. I, right. Um, so what I did do is I made sure that I would have the support that I needed, um, whether that was coming from consultants or making sure that we had a really good project management um, on the vendor side. Um, I have been extremely fortunate that we've the companies we've worked with have had excellent project managers to support that. So so really looking at it, you know, initially I was thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, these are huge projects, website, database, you know, next mobile app, all of that. Um, so I really had to take a step back and go, okay, well, what is it that I'm really doing? I'm right. just making sure they're giving me all the, all the information. They're giving me the timelines. I just need to make sure that we stick to them. I need to make sure I'm corralling my team yeah. and communicating with them. So I really just, I, I ended up taking a, a project management session at ASAE Tech, and that was in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, 
so I did take that class, that workshop. It was a pre, pre-con workshop and that was a great help. So really it was just more understanding sort of what's the iteration of a, of a project, you know, the start, the middle, the end, and then what happens after yeah. um, and, and things like that. So by really charting that out um, from each project that we've worked on, and it's been back to back. So I haven't really had a lot of time, like our website project ended and we immediately went into RFP for the database. Yeah. And now we just, just finished the database and we're in this like next year of, you know, still working on the tweaks and things that, cause it's not perfect. Yeah, the calibration. close. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, I, I just had the pleasure of seeing you last week at a California Society of Association Executives. And uh, I, I know you're heavily involved there not everyone's involved with the state society or some don't even have one. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit about like why you're involved or like in terms of enthusiasm and learning as you're talking about it, what does your state society do for you in terms of that? Oh gosh. Um, Calisa E does so much. So I started, I started my career in 1999 and it was the Northern California. There were two societies in California. There was the Northern California Society of Association Executives. So I started with that group. Um, I wasn't a member of Cal SAE. There was a whole, you know, merging of, of associations that happened years later. Um, so my first, you know, iterate, first sort of introduction to, to that world was through NCSAE and ASAE. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what I find value in is because honestly, you know, I love ASAE, but it's very East coast centric. And so we don't get a lot out here. Um, And it's hard for us to travel just like it's hard to come out, come out West. It's hard for us to go back East. It's hard. I think, you know, that travel side is, is more challenging. So I think, you know, giving me that local or regional um, connection to people. um, I love meeting people from all across the country at ASAE and through DELP and other programs, but I really like being able to like pick up the phone and like I could have coffee with somebody in half an hour if I just called them up right now. Um, And so that local connection, I built great resources in the Bay Area when I was there. Now I'm up in the Sacramento region. So I'm I'm now getting to know people in the capital region. Um, The regional networks really help to facilitate that local relationship building that you need. And so if I need something, you know, or I, I need information or I need advice or whatever, I've got now a whole new network of people that I can contact, including the people that I knew in, in the Bay Area. Um, and so I think that part of, you know, the relationships and the connections that I've made, I have really worked hard to um, maintain those over the last 23 years, 24 years. Yeah. And and I'm still, I'm kind of shocked sometimes going. So I really like the idea of um, keeping those connections over the long term and, and um, sharing information between each other, um, helping each other out, job searches, career development, all of that really comes from my network. Mm. They're indispensable to me. They're indispensable. Eat. You know, some people are really good at relationship building, which it sounds like you are. There are others that uh, it doesn't come as naturally, but it sounds like from what you're sharing that those relationships have been critical on the career path that you've walked. Yes. If you were mentoring someone who's like not inherent at like relationship 
formation, right? And, you know, walk into the room not knowing anyone, it's a scary place to be. Like, what what advice would you give or what would you say to, like, someone you were mentoring about the necessity of relationship development and how to approach it? Oh, good question. Um, so um, I think just taking it one person at a time. You know, I'm an extrovert, so I'm I'm good with crowds. I'm good with lots of people, but yes. just nurturing one person at a time, you know, connecting with one person at a time. Um, I know for for introverts who just, you know, have trouble with that aspect of networking. Um, it doesn't mean you have to go to some big event and be, you know, chit chatty with everybody. It helps, but and yeah. and people can get there. But I think really just, you know, seeking out some some people who either have information or skills that you need to um, uh, develop in yourself and connecting with those people and making it meaningful. Um, have questions, have information that you want to get from them and be able, be able to exchange that as well. Um, you know, and, and I think chunking it down into smaller pieces is always, yeah. I think, easier than, you know, even I, even for myself, I don't, um, I've, as I'm getting older, I'm kind of like, mm, I don't like the big crowds and big parties anymore. It's, it's a little overwhelming sometimes. So, um, and meeting people really drains you, Yeah, you know, it does, um, even for an extrovert. So I think just thinking about your own journey and what you need to accomplish, what you want, what your goals are, and then seeking out people who can help you with that and just building those one by one you know, brick by brick. Yeah. Um, that's literally how I've done it. And um, the repeat participation in local regional events has helped me build those relationships. I mean, it, it makes me need to ask clearly during, you know, early 2020s, yeah. right, none of us were going to events, right? Exactly. Like, so for someone who clearly has such a, a skill set of relationship establishment and reinforcement and growth, any learned lessons from the time when you weren't going to live events that you've taken with you in this sort of post-COVID space about building relationships when events aren't happening or you can't get there? Um, I, I think because I'd had so many established relationships already, it was fairly easy to stay connected to people. So, yeah. you know, whether it was a phone call or an email or, you know, hey, can we just get together for coffee one-on-one -on -one outside at a park or wherever, you know? Yeah. So I, I did have some of those, you know, opportunities while I was, while we were in lockdown. Um, it was also opportunities to use, you know, Zoom for, you know, these sort of fun activities. Um, I participated in one that was um, hosted by Monterey that was a, a building your building a succulent garden, essentially, Ooh. on a piece of driftwood, which they sent us everything. We all were on the on Zoom together, you know, and connecting and sharing and watching each other build these these little um, art art forms of succulents. It was so fun. Does it still um, exist? Um, no, I'm not. A, <laughs> I was going to I was going to ask for I was going to ask for an appearance, but that's all right. We'll, we'll no. skip that. I don't have an, I don't have a green thumb. So it ended up, I gave it to a friend to, to take care of. Cause I was like, that sounds you're like the plant girl, not me. Things to do. That's good. <laughs> you know, I'm, 
I know you mentioned uh, sort of the start of this journey back in 1999. Yeah. Can you tell us just a little bit of sort of how did you find your way or fall into, like, or you knew, <laughs> right? Like, what what made you realize this was the space you wanted to be in for all these years? Um, so I spent most of my 20s in uh, retail management. So mm-hmm. I was in, at the corporate level for a local um, office um, office supply company. Um, I went to work there. I got laid off. I kind of didn't know what to do. And I thought, oh, you know what? My, my degree was in psychology with an emphasis in personnel psychology. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll, I want to go into HR. And I thought, oh, I'll go. I found a job at a, at a staffing company thinking that was HR. It was probably the worst job of my life. I really hated it. Well, actually, there's two jobs that I've, there's only two jobs in my life that I've actually hated. So that, that one. Um, and so my boss at the time, I went to her and said, this isn't working for me. I yeah. don't like it. I'm not happy. Um, I'm going to be leaving. And she's like, oh my gosh, you know, here, look through the list of, you know, open positions. There's some really great full-time positions that I think you might be interested in. And so that happened to be one was at the association uh, called the American College of Psychiatrists. And I thought, oh, this is great. Psychiatry, Bam. psychology, you know, some interest for me. So I went, interviewed, ended up getting the job. Um, when I got there, though, I, I said, well, where's it was in this like industrial building. Their office is in this industrial building in Berkeley right. on 4th Street. And I go, so where's the college? That's amazing. <laughs> And she just oh, laughed at me and said, you know, she explained what it was. And I was like, right. oh, I still had no clue what I was getting into. I didn't know what CME was. I didn't know what the awards were. I was like, I don't know any of this stuff, but sure, I can do this. So, you know, three and a half, four years into that, I was there for, for a short time, four years. And that's the period where I was like, wow, this is a neat community. I, she yeah. introduced me to a ton of people. Um, I that's where the relationship started, and I'm still I still see people every once in a while who were NCSAE and um, and who I met at that time. So which is that's a lot. That's a long time. It is. So so it was from there that you know just kind of continuing on into my other roles where I was like you know this is a this is a good space. I don't I don't think corporate you know, anything is really where I belong. I think this yeah. is where I'm at. And it just felt, uh, it just felt like home. Yeah. I love that. You know, I know our time is starting to get close, but you mentioned, or I mentioned in the uh, introduction that particularly over the past few years, you found a new appreciation for work-life balance. And yeah. Uh, I feel like almost every person I speak to nowadays is talking about their struggle with resilience and exhaustion and time and are is desperately seeking to understand what this work-life balances thing is supposed to be and how they get right. there. And, you know, you mentioned it, so I just want to ask if you have any, any reflections uh, those of us seeking could reflect on uh, as we each walk our own paths. Gosh, it's been, it's been a journey. Um, I have to say it's not been an easy one. I think I've not 
I've always tried to really take time for myself, but then being alone and by yourself, you know, I was living alone, you know, don't have a partner. So I'm, I'm by myself in an apartment and, you know, I really relied on contact from my friends and, you know, neighbors and such to really keep myself, you know, in check. Um, I think just for the most part, really paying attention to where my body is at, where I'm feeling physically. And when I do feel like, I feel run down, you know, I'm going to just stop what I'm doing. I'm going to get up and walk around. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to step away from my desk. Um, This was a perfect opportunity because I've had a busy day and I was, I've been on zoom calls all morning and I was like, I've got one more, but I don't want to be here inside at my desk. I want to sit outside in the sunshine. So really just taking those little, you know, small opportunities to just connect yourself to whatever it is that makes you happy. A cup of coffee, you know, a lemonade, a walk, being in the sun, um, petting your cat or your dog or hugging your kids, you know, whatever it is that you feel connected to in that moment, I think is where I I see for me anyway, that, um, that helps me. Um, and that's, you know, and sometimes it's just a phone call to my mom. Yeah. Hey, hey, how you doing? I mean, that's why I moved up here. So to be closer to her. So, um, so it's things like that for me that I, that I've learned or, or taken from, you know, from the past three years, um, physically, it's just been, you know, one thing after another. So I just feel like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I'm tired. I need a rest. Well, the, well, I love is that within your answer, I mean, I can almost see sort of this meter. And like, and when you get to energy and connection deficit, you recognize that, right? That doesn't refill automatically. Like what are the actions we can take to try to give a little refill at that moment? Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> well, some amazing reflections and lessons of the journey. Uh, we like to ask at the end, you know, far, far in the future uh, when your journey in the association world is starting to wind down. What do you hope is the legacy you're going to leave behind uh, in our community, in our industry? What, what will have been success for you? That's a tough question. I, I always feel like that's such a big aspiration yeah. and um, kind of like, I, I'm not quite there yet. Um, you know, I just want to be known as someone who is willing to help, um, willing to lift other people up and bring them yes. along the journey. Um, you know, that I'm a good person um, or, you know, I have good intent. Um, I think that's really important with, you know, how we operate in society is is making sure that we're, we're operating with good intent and um, that, you know, the last few years, the political climate, all of that has really changed. And it's, and it, you know, daily, we have those challenges with people, whether it's on social media or somewhere else. So um, I think just really thinking about being good, yeah. being a good person, and, and making sure that I'm setting up people for success um, to, to surpass me, because, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. And I don't, plan on working forever, but I do love what I do. So I don't know that I'll retire right at 65. Um, I feel like I could go on for a little longer and enjoy other aspects of association management. 
Well, I'll say for uh, it feeling big, for it feeling big, your articulation, both of sort of the inner ethical and good person self and the devotion to elevating others, uh, this is a really powerful legacy to live. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. And thank you for spending time with us. Uh, it's been, as expected, a wonderful conversation. And I think there's a lot of points in the journey that you've shared with us that others will learn from as they think about their own. Thank you. Thank you, Lowell. And thank you to <laughs> Amy Hager, who's uh, there chatting with you all uh, in the chats and all the places. And as always, thank you to the Rockstars community uh, who continues to come together, to support one another and to learn from one another. And we look forward to being back together with you on here again soon with another Rockstar. Until then, Association Rockstar, rock on. Thank you.